This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get for your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got to start with first principles on the border crisis. We've got, we've got to start with baseline concepts here, uh, f- fundamental view uh, views of, of this country, what we're all about and what we're trying to accomplish and what the rule of law actually means. Because what you'll find is that we're arguing about the details in this country right now. We're arguing about the details, but we're not getting into difference in foundational separation in our political philosophy between the left and the right. There are all these people right now who think, oh, the Democrats want this crisis to stop, too. The Democrats don't actually want people coming over the border 100,000 plus a month so that they can flood the immigration system. They can claim faulty asylum. They can stay. They're sending their children. They're enriching the cartels. The Democrats don't don't want any of that, right? No, actually, they do. And that's what people are just starting to see now. This is happening exactly as predicted and largely as planned. The problem that the Democrats have with all of this is that we're seeing it and it's happening faster than they anticipated. I want to I want to explain this to you, but we got to make this very clear. This is the border crisis the Democrats want, and they still see this as a massive opportunity. And this is the kind of thing that if I keep saying this on social media, I'm sure I'll get censored. They'll probably start blocking my Twitter account, doing all the things they've already done to me about covid. Who, by the way, who is right on covid lockdowns? Uh, I was Uh, the people that are citing the science. They were wrong. Do you think that the social media sites care about that, though? No, in fact, I'm on their radar. They now look to shut me down and they're doing that to you, too. They have all your data. They see what you're saying. They see what you're up to and they sell that. But they also use it for their own purposes. You think that your right to free speech is safe while mega corporations that are working hand in glove with the left want to try to silence you or maybe just change your mind without you even knowing it. You need to protect your privacy online. This is absolutely essential with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN lets you anonymize much of your online presence. It hides your IP address. That makes your activity much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. And ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to set up. I've got the app on my phone. I'm talking about 60 seconds. You got this thing good to go, and then you are protected. It encrypts 100% of your data to make sure that hackers and Internet bad guys can't get at you. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash buck. Go to my special link right now and you'll get an extra three months free. That's ExpressVPN extra three months of service for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash buck. That's expressvpn.com slash buck. Democrats want this border crisis to continue. They just want to control it better. That's what you have to understand. We're in a different place here on this issue than they are. We we are told the way the media talks about it. We just use this word crisis. As we know, Democrats view crises as opportunities. And this is yet another one for them. What is the downside of this for them? Well, it's happening too fast and they're overwhelming the facilities. When Democrats talk about trying to fix this, what are they saying to you? Well, we've got to wait. They're telling people, don't come yet. That's the big claim. Meanwhile, much of the rest of the country is saying, hold on a second. So we have an open border right now, right? And, and for anybody who says, no, we don't. If you show up right now on foot at the U.S.-Mexico border as a foreign national, 
You flag down Border Patrol and you say, I have a credible fear of persecution in my home country. And that's really all you have to say. There's an overwhelmingly high chance that you will be processed and then released in the U.S. interior with a pending court date that you're they're never going to track you down and kick you out of the country and deport you, even if you don't show up for your hearing. It's the, the chance of that happening is probably you know less than 10, less than 5 percent. So your odds are really good. And if you if you come back with the way the Biden administration is enforcing the law right now or not enforcing it, even if you're a repeat offender for a legal crossing, you aren't you aren't penalized in any significant fashion. So we have an ongoing immigration debacle at the U.S.-Mexico border, but our political parties have two entirely different views of what makes it a problem. I mean, if you believe in American sovereignty and the rule of law, the crisis is simply that we have a de facto open border. That's over 100,000 illegal aliens a month now flooding in the United States because they know the Democrats will let them stay and want to give them amnesty. And more are coming every day. I mean, our our immigration system looks like a big joke right now. If you're the Biden White House, on the other hand, the problem at the border is there are so many illegals crossing into the U.S. that they can't be processed fast enough. Detention facilities for unaccompanied minors. I'm not talking about kids in cages here, right? Because that's only when Trump is in office. No, there are detention facilities for unaccompanied minors. Hmm. They're overflowing. The American people are figuring out what's going on here because the wave of illegal immigration is so heavy, is so extreme that it's Alinsky style overwhelming the processing of those of those uh, migrants in the United States. So that's what they view as the real problem. The Biden administration's talk about a humane immigration policy was really just a giant invitation to illegals from all over the world to game the process and skip to the front of the line. That's now a political problem for Democrats who are hoping that a coalition of leftist, corporatist, and GOP establishment elites are going to be able to ram through amnesty before the American people realize that the electoral map is being transformed. It's where everyone has to realize that the Biden Democrats and the rest of the country aren't on the same page. When DHS Secretary Mayorka says, do not take the journey now, give us time to build an orderly, safe way in the United States, he's giving away the game. That's the whole problem they have. They want bigger facilities, more facilities, more personnel to feed, clothe, give medicine to and give housing to an endless influx of illegal immigrants. And they're not just from Central America. They're from all over the world. If you can get to Mexico right now, you can gain entry into the United States. That's the way it works. If you can get to Mexico, you can walk into the U.S. You may be detained for a few days, but you're going to be fed and taken care of and clothed and they'll give you medical care and everything else. And then you'll be released. Often they're just releasing migrants at uh, bus stops or they just say, you know, here you go. You're on your own. But there's a court date that's going to come up in about two years. Be sure you show up at it. You think that's really going to happen? By the time that court date even comes up, what do you think the chances are that we'll have some form of amnesty in place? See, this is the fundamental problem. The Democrats aren't upset about foreigners flooding into America. They love that as long as they provide reliable votes. 
What bothers Joe Biden and his handlers is that the facilities meant to process these illegals are bursting at the seams. The optics of the overflowing detention areas are so poor that Americans are starting to say, what the heck is going on down there? What we're seeing at the government is actually a collision of uh, seeing at the border, rather, is a collision of fundamentally different views of America's future. Conservatives believe that immigration laws must be respected and enforced, which means stopping the flow of illegals. The Biden administration, on the other hand, has no interest in stopping illegal crossings. On the contrary, it's trying to kick the door wide open in preparation for an amnesty that will end the GOP as a political force forever. Those are the stakes here. We can all see how this is playing out. We can all see what's happening. Biden isn't trying to end the current avalanche of illegal entry. He just wants to control the flow. Don't you see? Slow it down, guys. Let's let's get let's get it down a little bit. You can still come in. You can still claim phony asylum. You can still have a giant backdoor entry into the United States. And remember, this is a program that was set up. The, the asylum program is meant for people who are truly fleeing political persecution and the possibility of death if they stay in their home countries. Is is that what we're seeing? No. Overwhelmingly, what we see are people who just want to come to America. It's better here than in their home country. They have better economic prospects, and they recognize that this is an easy way to do it. All those people, and I I know a lot of them listen to this show, right? All those legal immigrants who have joined the American family with full respect for our laws and and are such a, a, a critical part of what makes us America, they've got to be looking at this and saying, well, I guess I could have just shown up and stayed. All those years of doing things the right way and all those years of of paying the taxes I was supposed to pay, sometimes paying immigration attorneys and going through the, you know, the naturalization process or going through first visas and then citizenship and all all the things that come up. Or you could have just waited for a Biden administration for a Democrat left wing open borders frenzy and just showed up and said, uh, yeah, here I am. I'm going to stay. I like it better here. Now, if you as an American tried to do this in Europe, by the way, you'd be told that's funny. uh, You're on the next plane home. Other countries are allowed to have borders. Other countries are allowed to establish sovereignty over who comes and goes. We are not. It's racist to have borders. That's that's what we've turned into as a country. It's racist to have borders, according to the left. So. All these other countries all over the world are somehow not racist for enforcing their borders. But America, that's that's all it is. We take a million people a year in the United States through the legal immigration process. But if you have a problem with taking another million illegally or half a million or whatever the number is going to be this year. You're a bigot. You're a bigot. Why do we even have an immigration system? We have to ask these fundamental questions. Why have an immigration system? If illegal immigration isn't a problem, if assimilation isn't a real thing, if merit based immigration is a joke, if all these things are just lies that the right has been telling Americans for, oh, I don't know, generations now, if that's all true, then why not just come out and say it, Democrats? Anybody who wants to come gets to come and you can leave when you want to leave, too. I wonder how that's going to work. This is the America that they are setting up, but they don't care. What they care about is that there are many millions and we always get into these debates about how many millions, 
many millions of illegal immigrants in the United States who are just waiting to be legalized, and they will be given the right to vote. And Democrats know that. Once they're legalized, then the next step, I'm giving them citizenship and voting rights. I'm not going to be able to stand in the way of that. Are you kidding me? That's the whole point. That's why Democrats want to do this. And Republicans sit around arguing about nonsense. Republicans think that if we can hold the marginal tax rate on individual income down two or three percent, that's a big victory. Democrats are trying to change the game. And they are an open borders party in all but name. They want any foreigner who comes into America through whatever illegal or dishonest means to stay because it solidifies their power. Wake up, America. Your country hangs in the balance. He has suspended construction of the border wall, jeopardizing our national security. He's embraced DACA. He halted most deportations. He cut domestic immigration arrests by 60 percent and dismantled the migrant protection protocols. This administration threw our existing immigration law out the window and let the world know that when it comes to illegal entry, not only will we look the other way, this administration is encouraging them to come. Senator Blackburn's right. In every way, they have made it harder to enforce immigration law. They have taken every opportunity. The Democrats, the Biden administration have made it so that the chances of access and staying through illegal means is as high as it can be without just disbanding Border Patrol, disbanding. Remember, they wanted to abolish ICE. That was the that was the rallying cry from AOC under the Trump administration. It was kids in cages, which apparently they're back in the cages and abolish ICE. But that was too honest. The, Dem the Democrats have this recurring problem where they can't tell the American people overall what they're really going to do. They give some talking points version of it that doesn't sound quite as radical. And then behind the scenes, the actual decisions they make and the policies they push are going toward the radical goal. And that's a perfect description of what Joe Biden's role in all of this is. Joe Biden is the doddering old fool who just shuffles around. I'm here to. You know, to tell you the things and, you know, and, uh, maybe I'll do a press conference in a couple of weeks. And uh, and meanwhile, the Obama administration officials around him and the DNC apparatus around him is making all the actual decisions. I mean, there's all these editorials you see today. I mean, the border border crisis, the biggest story in the country. And I've got a piece on BuckSexton.com, but I hope you will go read, go check it out on this, where I just make the case to you very clearly about how Democrats don't want this to end. They just want to control the flow better. The flow of illegal immigrants. Remember, when you cross into the United States illegally, that is an illegal act, hence the term. They are not crossing at ports of entry. They are breaking U.S. law in preparation to break U.S. law again when they don't show up for their asylum hearings or when they show up for their asylum hearings, don't get it, but then don't show up for their deportation hearing, which is actually a different thing. Think about that. The problem here is one of cause and effect. And the Democrats don't want to admit it. When you make it really appealing to people to come into the United States illegally, 
they will do it. There is a magnet. There is an enticement here. And the Democrat response to this is to actually make it more appealing. Hey, let's make sure we have great facilities, really comfortable. Everyone moves through super fast. I mean, the government doesn't even do this for people that are showing up at the DMV. But we're going to do this. We're going to make it as seamless and painless and easy as possible to illegally enter the United States under the Biden administration. That's their approach. This is what they're saying. You know how you get illegal immigration to stop? You make it so that there's not a benefit to coming to the United States illegally. That's the only way. Now, look, if people want to make an argument, if the Democrats want to say, you know what? We actually do just we do just want illegal immigration. Anybody who wants to come should be able to come. Then change the immigration laws, have elected officials actually make that the law, and then we could hold them accountable for that. But at least it will be within the process. What they do is lawlessness. It's encouraging on the one hand what they pretend to be slowing down or stopping on the other. This is because ultimately they benefit from this. They're playing a double game here, but they don't want this to stop. They don't want it to stop. They don't want to call it a crisis because of the optics. But really, it's just they didn't realize uh, how appealing it was going to be to illegal immigrants this quickly to come into the United States on the Biden administration. Why don't they tell us how many people are being sent back? Notice the lack of transparency around all of this. Why don't they tell us what the percentage is of people who show up at the border right now and are immediately told to turn around? You are not allowed entry in the United States. I mean, I don't think I could even go to Canada right now as an American. They turn me away. But if you show up at our southern border as a it's not just Central Americans, people from Pakistan, people from China, people from, you know, anywhere, Romania, who knows? They really are showing up from dozens of countries all over the world. You show up at our southern border, you are as long as the cartels are part of the human trafficking, uh, you know, of these individuals, they coach them on what to say. They bring them right to the border and they have a giant open door that they walk through. If you want this to stop, you have to enforce the law more. Why is interior enforcement way down? Why did Biden call for a moratorium on deportations for 100 days? Think about that. He comes in office and says, we're not going to deport anybody for 100 days. Uh, that sounds like an administration that's preparing to grant amnesty, doesn't it? What was wrong with those deportations? In fact, they're trying to undo some of the deportations that were done during the Trump years. But they tell us the system is broken. They tell us that they they inherited. That's my favorite. They inherited a broken system. Um, and, and the reality is that people just listen to what the Democrats say. Here's the border coordinator. That's not a, not a good job to have these days. Roberta J- uh, Jacobson, play 21. The Mexican president said the other day of the migrants, they see President Biden as the migrant president. How do you respond to that? Well, I think what uh, President Lopez Obrador is reflecting is the fact that President Biden came into office with a much more humane message, with a message that we were going to enforce our laws, but also have a humane migration system. And I think what he means is that we are going to treat people fairly. We are going to reform our immigration system. 
Um, and so while I understand what he was saying, I think that it, it's, it's not the way we would put it. It is a more humane system, but it is not open borders, and it is not the fact we're going to enforce our law. This is all this is all doublespeak. What uh, humane, more humane. What does that mean? Yeah, of course, we don't want to treat anybody poorly. These aren't bad people. They're not, you know, they're overwhelmingly, you know, 99 out of 100 of them are not actually a violent criminal threat of any kind. So but what does it mean to treat them humanely? Does that mean they get to stay? I mean, I really ask. Yeah, of course, humanely means you give them food and medicine. You take care of people. We're taking people into custody just like you would if you were a prisoner anywhere else in the U.S. You have to be given uh, you have to be given the support of the state if you're in the custody of the state. But does humane mean they get to stay? Because if that's the case, then it is an open border. So th- this is the part of it that they won't answer because this goes to a fundamental lie the Democrats have told the American people, which is that they are not an open borders party. They are. They're just not quite there yet. A lot of the migrants coming in saying they're coming in because you promised to make things better. It seems to be getting worse by the day was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge well first of all there was a surge in the last two years and 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 19 and 20 there was a surge as well this one might be worse no well it could be but here's the deal we're sending back people to first of all the idea that joe biden said come because uh, i i heard the other day that they're they're coming because they know i'm a nice guy and i won't do this yeah well here's the deal they're not do you have to say quite clearly don't come yes i can say quite clearly don't come and what we're in the process of getting set up don't leave your town or city or community don't come while we're in the process of setting up what what is that what do you mean hold on a second why isn't it just don't come what you're doing is is not is not within our immigration laws if you want to go within our immigration laws, there's a whole system that people go through and you, you know, you you go to uh, the U, you know, U.S. consulate and you apply for a visa or you go and you you show up at a port of entry and there's all this paperwork. And we can we can talk about how it's Byzantine and it's crazy and it shouldn't happen this way or whatever, that it should be. You know, that that process could be better and more streamlined. However. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, hold on, let's get ready so that you can keep doing this. The problem that Biden has with what's happening at the southern border is not that people are gaming the immigration system in huge numbers to make our legal immigration system a joke. The problem he has is that the facilities for people are bursting and we're hitting record numbers. And it's all because there's a Democrat in office and we all know it. We know what the Democrat Party's become. We all remember when Joe Biden was among them, when they when they held their hands up on stage during the uh, presidential debates during the primary. And they said they wanted to give free health care to illegal aliens. So you don't even have to be in the country legally and, and, and the taxpayers are going to pay for your health care. Not not emergency, not if somebody comes in with, you know, a gunshot wound in the shoulder, because we are a kind and decent people. And of course, we're going to save someone's life. But all of your health care, I mean, you know, your health care for life. And we're going to make sure that you get everything that you need. And that was the Democrat position, uh, which is just re- remarkable because a lot of people work very hard to try to pay their health care premiums, work very hard to try to make the, the money and to be productive enough to provide health care for their families. But if you show up illegally now, the Democrats just want to give you health care. And you might say, oh, well, that maybe it'll be something like Medicaid. So it won't be. The, the same health care that you used to in the private sector. Right. And then they'll complain that it's not good enough health care 
So they'll want to give them the same health care. Everyone should get the same health care. Right. That's what we're actually heading toward with the Democrat Party. And as you know, that does not have that does not have the end result that they like to pretend it does. Really long wait times rationing. We're going to have that health care discussion in this country, too. But but back to uh, immigration, the Biden administration has been in office, what, two months? And they're already I mean, they're already cornered on this as a messaging issue that they don't have anything to say about this that, that that makes any sense. I mean, all they do is essentially run around pretending like we can't actually see what we see. I mean, here's Jen Psaki play three. First, let me say that, um, like COVID, obviously a different issue, but uh, we recognize this is a big problem. Uh, the last administration uh, left us a dismantled uh, and unworkable system. And like any other problem, uh, we are going to do everything we can to solve it. Uh, so our focus here is on solutions. Let me just walk you through a couple of the steps. And we've done this a little bit, but there's always, of course, developments on um, considerations that are underway. Yeah, the solutions that don't involve telling people they can't actually come into the American interior who cross into the U.S. illegally aren't solutions. The way that this the way that you stop illegal immigration, and this really has to be said. And Democrats at some level, I think, know this, but they pretend not to. The way you stop illegal immigration is to stop illegal immigration. You have to stop people from doing this. Or else it continues. You can talk about it. You can say you want to work on the crisis. You want to do this, that and the other thing. But ultimately, it comes down to do they believe, do the people coming believe that they have a very good shot of being able to stay? And therefore, this is a very valuable thing. Uh, Being able to be in America in this world we live in. This is an incredible country for all of its flaws, all of its problems. We are very wealthy. We Still have some freedom left. I mean, it's been the worst year for freedom, the worst 12-month period for American freedom in my lifetime. But we still have some freedom left. And we have to actually preserve the rule of law here. You know, the, the rule of law is largely a perception-driven phenomenon. Even Orwell wrote about this uh, back in the 19, uh, 1930s and 1940s, that one thing that was amazing about an Englishman is that no matter what part of society you found an Englishman in, no matter uh, what socioeconomic strata they fell into, they had this notion, this concept of the law and that the law made things right and wrong. It, it wasn't perfect. It didn't mean that there weren't people that got away with things. And But there was an overarching idea of the law as something that is binding upon all of us and that at some level also holds us together as a people. Lawlessness erodes that. I've been telling you, and, and I know that there will be people that that would push this aside and say that it's silly or it's nonsense. I mean, I'm going to spend a lot of hours figuring out how much of my money the government is going to take from me this year. And if I don't do it, there is a real chance that men with firearms paid by the state will show up, take away my freedom, take me into court and and lock me up in a cell. Now, my little pitiful contribution to the federal treasury doesn't really matter But they'll tell you it's because of the rule of law. It's because everybody has to abide by these rules. Now, we can have a whole other discussion about whether the income tax is uh, something that should exist. But nonetheless, if we want all the goodies we have from the government, too, we we are going to have to pay for them. This is the problem. And people have decided they really want the goodies. 
But if you come into the country illegally, if you trespass on U.S. sovereign territory as a foreign national without permission to be here, uh, now you aren't uh, a problem and and you you uh, certainly should not be punished. You're actually a victim. This is the way the left is framing this. The people who are coming here illegally, they're a victim of U.S. xenophobia. They're a victim of our insufficient immigration system. It's our fault, you see, that they come here illegally because we haven't made it easy enough for them to come legally. Which then also raises the question, how many people should we take into this country legally every year? We already do about a million. Five million? Does that sound about right? Ten million? At some point, does that start to change the nature and character of the American people and the American polity? Do we cease to be a country if we have a, a foreign born population that exceeds 40, 50 percent? Now, I know we're not there yet. We're not near there. But the, the country is shifting very rapidly toward an open border stance. What does this look like in 10 years? What does this look like in 50 years? Most of the rest of the world is very comfortable with the state being in much greater control than the American ethos allows for right now. Although in the year of covid, I think that's become more debatable than it has been previously. But this is really about what America what America is going to be going forward. And the Democrats are very dug in on this because ultimately for them, the prize at the end of this is they create a one party state in America. That is the ultimate prize that they are going for. And they'll figure the rest out. What does that mean for this country? What does it look like for this country? None of that matters. They'll figure the rest out. They just want to be in charge. And a political party that believes in rule of law, sovereignty, secure borders, and constitutional protection of individual rights, it's going to be gone if the open border stays open long enough. Uh, It's not broken, and it doesn't need to be fixed. Uh, Our Democratic friends use the filibuster frequently in the last uh, Congress. They were in the minority in the Senate. They took advantage of, for example, killing Senator Tim Scott's police reform bill. I didn't react to that by saying, "Okay, we'll change the rules of the Senate to get our way. Filibuster reform. Filibuster reform. That's what they're really going to go with. I mean, you you almost have to respect the brazenness, the just the sheer unbelievable dishonesty of the Democrats here. Uh, there is a system that we have, and it has been around for quite some time, and the filibuster has been in the Senate for quite some time. Democrats were willing to use it and Republicans did not run roughshod over them. They they stayed within this. I know it's a tradition of the Senate. It's not in the Constitution. I understand it's a rule of the Senate, but those rules can change. Just remember this. It was the Democrats that went with the nuclear option on judges. It was Harry Reid and the Democrats who decided that Senate tradition would have to give way because the Democrats wanted something really badly and they wanted to do something badly enough that it didn't matter that this would have eventual blowback it didn't matter that there would come a time when the shoe would be on the other foot and the republican party would actually be in charge and be calling the shots 
And they would remember what the Democrats did. They would remember how unwilling to compromise uh, they were. And sure enough, this has resulted in a lot of federal judges and even Supreme Court uh, justices getting confirmed by Republicans in in latter years after Harry Reid. Remember, they pulled the trigger on the nuclear option first because Democrats are power mad statists and this is what they do, right? They they think that there's a, a righteousness, there's a religious fervor in their government policies and plans and whatever they have to do to get it done, they'll do. And that's what they did. They pulled the trigger on the nuclear weapon, so to speak, of eliminating the filibuster for judicial nominees And now we're just at the precipice of them doing it uh, this time around for any legislation that they want. And I I think the real question for them, I think I think the real challenge for them is which bill to choose to ram through with it first. You know, you've seen how they act here. You've seen how they they use they use the delay of covid aid to create a Trojan horse effect for all their other spending, right? Oh, you know, here it's just it's just covid relief. It's it's saving America. It's covid relief. Well, no, it's payoffs for Democrat controlled cities. And oh, I can't even begin to cover all the different money. Nine nine percent of the one point nine trillion dollars goes to actual vaccines and covid fighting. And the rest of it is money that Democrats just wanted to spend on things. And they say they might do another one. Now they're talking about a trillion dollar infrastructure package and they want to raise taxes. I mean, they, they, they learn nothing here. I mean, they just they're, they're going to take our economy and they're going to slow it down. And they're going to they're going to strangle it like a little authoritarian boa constrictor, just with the coils getting tighter around the economy's neck all the time. And they're going to say oh, it's Trump's fault, of course, because they're irresponsible. I mean, being reckless and unaccountable is a long, a long time Democrat pastime. So. They get rid of the filibuster for what? That's the big outstanding question. Now, that's the issue that I think everybody needs to look at and and understand is, is at the forefront right now. They might do it. They could do it for H.R. 1. But I don't think that's the way to go. They want to do it for something where they view their position as essentially unassailable from a PR standpoint, the optics, right? From a PR standpoint, they can probably do it on immigration and say it was necessary for humanitarian reasons. We had to give an amnesty for humanitarian reasons. For a, Decency called for us to eliminate the filibuster. Of course. And as I've been telling you, if they do this, and I, I think that, there's a chance they will. Now, may, maybe you believe Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and some of the others uh, will hold the line against this. But think of the pressure the Democrats will bring to bear on them. Think of the ways that they will make this uh, more challenging. Right. Uh, and you can you can be a hero. Uh, you can be a hero to Democrats and get book deals and be loved forever and be celebrated on MSNBC by going along with the filibuster reform, which, as we know, is just the nuclear option. Once again, another this is, you know, we're going from like the, you know, the fat boy bomb to now more more advanced thermonuclear devices. Right now we're getting into uh, ICBMs. 
the nuclear option hit once again, uh, they they will make this pitch, you know, and even to someone like Joe Manchin, it's it's going to be tough. Democrats have a lot of inducements. It's fun to be on the Democrat side. I mean, my friends who are Democrats, man, it's great. You get to be with all the cool people. You get to have all the media on your side, basically. All the corporations are with you. You know, everything. It's 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 great. Over. I don't know. If only I could just negate who I am and what I know to be true, it would be so much fun to switch teams, right? It'd be so much fun if I could be that kind of turncoat. And there are people who do it, but I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, and I think that's pretty important. But if they do it on immigration, the the story will be Democrats brought millions of people out of the shadows into being a part of our American family And it was necessary to get rid of this procedural obstruction. Obstructionism is, of course, a term you hear so much more frequently now. The procedural obstruction of the filibuster. It was when Democrats are in the minority, the filibuster is an essential, uh, essential bulwark against majoritarian tyranny. When Democrats are in the majority, the filibuster is stopping, you know, the filibuster in the Senate is stopping uh, the U.S. government from from feeding babies and saving people. And, you know, that's we all see the difference. We all know how this works. We understand the way this breaks down. Um, will they it, it's really I don't think it's a question of do they want to do it? It's can they get the votes to do it? Can they get the votes to then with a 50 50 Senate tie and Kamala breaking the tie pass legislation that will change America forever and will put the Republican Party on a pathway to complete irrelevancy and and political insolvency. I think when they have that opportunity, they're going to find a way to do it. I know that you received the vaccine. Mrs. Trump also got the vaccine. Would you recommend to our audience that they get the vaccine then? I would. I would recommend it. And I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it. And a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. But, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms and we have to uh, live by that. And I agree with that also. But it's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine. And it's uh, something that works. And uh, we've been well, working round the clock and what I got the FDA to do, this would have happened. This would have happened in many, many uh, years from now if we didn't if I didn't yes. get involved and if we didn't get involved. Now, this is the president who is saying what Democrats have been saying the president wouldn't say. And therefore, he's still to blame for vaccine hesitancy, even though he got the vaccine. He's saying on on national TV. Yes, I recommend you get the vaccine. And. The Democrats are still going to find a way to blame Trump for vaccine hesitancy when, if you recall, and I'm not going to let this go. If you recall in the previous uh, the previous administration, while Trump was still in office, you had Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both when they were on the campaign trail, raising doubts about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine because it was Trump's F. D-A. Remember that it was Trump's FDA. Therefore, you can't trust it. Can't trust it. Not allowed. And that was reckless. That was wrong. And that should be something that people always remember, because now you're getting these lectures from Democrats who, who want to view 
the vaccine is something that uh, that Joe Biden is responsible for. It, it's as though Joe Biden were, you know, in his lab coat, looking at slides under a microscope. I, I guess it would have to be a very specialized microscope. But you know what I mean? Trying to figure out how to do this. No. And Joe Biden, I mean, the more I see this guy, just just taking a break for a moment from the the vaccine talk, the more I see Joe Biden shuffle around on camera and everything. It is unbelievable that this guy is the president of the United States. You know, there was something surreal. See, I'm honest about this. There was something surreal about Trump being president because you'd say, oh, my gosh, the, the guy from the this is like out of a movie, the guy from the Celebrity Apprentice. I mean, it, it you know, he was a celebrity who became the president. So there was a part of my brain that said this is kind of this is kind of funny or this is kind of crazy or whatever. But Trump would move around. You'd say this guy's. This guy's on it. You know, this guy's got a command presence. This guy has has a persona as is just full of energy and vitality. I mean, Joe Biden is walking around and you see him go up to the, the microphones occasionally. I mean, the most recent time we had a, a a press spray or the pool spray or whatever they call it in the White House press corps where they, you know, they get a group, a, a gaggle of reporters together to ask him one or two questions, usually like, you know, what do you think of the weather, President Biden? You go, it's a little it's a little bit cool, but a little bit not that cool. And, you know, Joe Biden's a genius. Joe Biden is amazing. I also saw this anecdote that he said that he looked into Putin's soul when he met with him and looked at him and said, you know, you don't have a soul. And Putin said, I think we understand each other. Joe Biden's lying. I mean, Joe Biden really is that guy who tells you a story to impress you. And your first thought as soon as he's done is that's ridiculous. You're lying to me. That's who Joe Biden is. The guy can't help it. This is who he is. So he's always been. He's just kind of a, a kind of a slimy salesman for Bidenness. And I mean, when this guy shuffles around and you, you see him and he just he looks Weak and fatigued and not up for this. And he sounds I mean, the whole thing. The guy's almost 80 years old, folks. And I love the 80 year olds who are listening to this. God bless you and thank you. But I don't think, you know, people at that age should be president. You know, they, they should be, you know, revered, you know, elder members of our families and our lives. And, you know, but president at 80? Really? It's it's unbelievable. And we all we see some early signs. And when we say decline, I'm not trying to diagnose him with any you know specific illness or anything like that. I know people walk around and they say anyone who's been around somebody who's had Alzheimer's, as I have, knows that it's it's just it's heartbreaking and it's the most it's the most serious kind of thing. So I, I really try to stay away from those, you know, I, I don't like when people start making sh- t- taking uh, cheap shots like that. You know, even if you think that Biden, when I say he's in cognitive decline, I just mean he's not as sharp as he used to be. The guy's old and he's fading, which happens to all of us. That is going to happen to everybody when they get up around that age and we can all see it. But we're not supposed to see it. I mean, this is the most incredible emperor has no clothes situation imaginable and not only that i mean the the democrats walk around doing what what is what is aptly described um by by the left-wing journalist matt taibbi 
as Soviet style propaganda. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But Taibbi actually actually wrote this um, about Biden. I mean, he wrote a piece in the National Interest, and it's it's excellent. Um, and, and this guy's a leftist. I mean, he hated Bush. He hated, um, he called it the Sovietization of the American press. And one of the best parts of, of his whole analysis here is that he says they can't even get comedians to make fun of Joe Biden. The comedians, this guy is a bumbling buffoon who walks around, is like a gaff factory. Okay, it's like Mr. Magoo is the president of the United States. And the, and the American press, I mean, American comedians, you know, places like Saturday Night Live are walking around saying, oh, we we can't find anything to make fun of Joe Biden on. Really? The ancient guy who sniffs strange, you know, women's heads when he doesn't even know them and uh, walks around saying things that, you know, it's like clean up on aisle five every once in a while. And Biden just says, you know, calls someone a dog faced pony soldier that guy you can't find a way to make fun of him i mean i just wish democrats would live in the real world for five minutes here stop believing this fantasy that is being foisted upon you by cnn and the new york times and and hollywood and google and facebook and twitter they're lying to you about this guy Joe Biden is a clown and a joke. And until until a moment ago, Democrats recognized that even the Democrats knew this guy was always third string. And now he's president and we're all supposed to clap. I mean, do you remember when a few months ago Biden won the election? People were dancing in the streets because he was going to do such great things for America. Yeah, hilarious. Open up the border, raise taxes. Make sure that. Biological males can compete in women's sports, shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Bow to Iran. Yeah, let's go back to the bowing foreign policy. Remember that? Bow down, beg forgiveness for all of America's sins. Other countries don't do this, but we should do this because we're so bad. Because the people that claim that America's so bad who are in charge of it, by destroying that commonality, by destroying that common history, create the grounds for reforming America in the image that they see fit. First, they have to wipe away. This is what in revolutions happens all the time. I mean, you go back to the French Revolution. There's a reason that they were changing the language. There's a reason they came up with a new calendar. And they tried to replace religion with with a church of reason. What does this all sound like? I mean, you can draw this thread of ideological similar ideological and ethical similarity from the French Revolution through the Soviet Revolution of 1917, all the way through to Democrats in their ideology and their claims today. Oh, and speaking about this, I mentioned this this piece on uh, Taibbi. I'm sorry, this piece that Taibbi wrote, who, again, might even be horrified that somebody as right wing as me is giving him a shout out on their national radio show. But it's a very good piece. Uh, here's. Here's a, here's one thing he says. This is about the, the making fun of Joe Biden part of this. The most Soviet of the recent efforts didn't have a classically Soviet headline, he writes. Comedians are struggling to parody Biden. Let's hope it doesn't last. This was a Washington Post opinion piece by Richard Zoglin, 
arguing that Biden is the first president in generations who might be impervious to impressionists. Zoglin contended Biden is impregnable to parody, too devoid of obvious quirks, too muted and self-effacing in his manner to offer comedians much to work with. I mean, you've got to be you've got to be kidding me, right? This this is the guy who here, here you go. This is the guy who who says all kinds of things. Why, why attack Sanders? Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Uh, I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, and, and no, let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take a nice pizza. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Yeah, no jokes to be made about that guy. Totally, totally squared away. Nothing to say about him other than what a genius he is. This is the American media today, and it is the Sovietization of the American press. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Uh, Taibbi writes, reality in Soviet news, because this guy actually spent, Taibbi spent a lot of time in Russia, actually knows this country, uh, was 100% binary with all the people either heroes or villains. 95% of most issues of Pravda or Izvestia were just names of party leaders surrounded by a list of applause words like full-hearted, wise, mighty, and courageous. And then he gives you some of the headlines in the U.S. press lately sound suspiciously like this kind of work. Biden's historic victory for America. Biden's stimulus showers money on Americans, sharply cutting, cutting poverty. That was, okay, end quote there. That was from the Washington Post. That's not a DNC press release. We're not supposed to notice that. It, it, this is... Liberal leftism today is a is the demand that you not notice. You are not allowed to see things as they are. You're not allowed to notice things. Oh, that's what's happening there. Or, oh, that's what that person's doing. It's shut up. Here's the here's the allowable narrative. And if you don't go along with it, We'll get you fired from your job. We'll shut you off from the major communications platforms. We'll ruin your reputation and we'll destroy your life. You are not allowed to notice things. 